You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Hey, everyone. King of the Fourth podcast back on the air 1-1 in the NBA Finals after Boston went down, took game one, got blown out in game two, and the series now shifts back. Oh, shifts to Boston, not back to Boston for game three on Wednesday night. Um, Mike, there's a lot to take away. There's the good, there's the bad, there's the ugly. Um, but I think the bottom line is coming back one-to-one is probably a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. I, I You know, an opportunity for the sweep was there, but, you know, the likelihood of that when the series began was was low. So what's your opening thoughts? Uh, my opening thoughts are the uh, third quarter continues to be a uh, concern for the Celtics. Um, and I think it's a bigger concern in this series because Golden State, they're the best, they're the best third quarter team in the NBA this year. So trying to figure out and navigate what's going on there. Um, and then my other takeaway is just that both these teams have the ability to go on these runs because of all the shooting that they have. Uh, and it's the team that's going to be able to uh, slow that run down or to just maintain a presence where you can keep it close when you get hit by that run that's going to win this series. So really it's uh, for the Celtics at their quarter. And then how do you adjust to stay in the game when Golden State hits you with those runs where they are hitting, you know, their threes because, um, you know, Jordan Poole and Steph Curry and Clay and even Andrew Wiggins, they can get going. And, you know, that's what Golden State does. So, you know, sustaining during those runs and keeping a presence to stay close and then um, coming out more prepared and playing better in the third quarter. Yeah, it's a a series of adjustments, and the third quarter needs to definitely be an adjustment for the Celtics. It's been an ongoing problem now, really, since uh, the second round. After being a strength for this team for the, you know, second half of the season in that first round against Brooklyn, where they seem to come out of halftime and be able to make adjustments and, and, and ready to roll. Um, and you're right, Brooklyn, Golden State in particular is such a good third quarter team that if you're not ready to go, what, you know, what happened on um, Sunday is certainly possible where they can just pull the doors and blow you right out of the gym, which is exactly what happened. Um, you know, game one, I, I thought, you know, both these teams kind of felt themselves out in the first half. Uh, certainly the Celtics, you know, screwed up some coverages on Curry and left him wide open, and he got going in that in that first quarter. Um, from that point on, um, it was a struggle for him the rest of the game. And, you know, I think what ended up happening come the fourth, even though Golden State outplayed him in the third, the Celtics were able to keep it close enough that in the fourth they made a few shots, and I thought their defense wore Golden State down. And I think Golden State's strategy of coming into the series where extreme overhelp on Jason Tatum um, really backfired. Mike, can you hear me still? Yep. Okay. Really backfired where guys were just left wide open, especially in that fourth quarter. I, I, Al Horford, I don't think, had a guy within four feet of him on any of his shots. Um, and I, I know some of that you chalk up the lock with how well they shoot shot, but at the same time, these are stationary jump shots for NBA players. Um, 
that the Celtics were getting and, and converting. But I thought more than anything else was the defense that wore them down. I thought Golden State, you know, adjusted really well. Um, they they switched up uh, Draymond onto um, Jalen Brown, you know, yeah. got physical with him. Um, but more than that, it allowed Draymond to kind of, you know, play one of the Celtics key, you know, cogs in their offense and also be in positions for rotations and help off of um, Tatum's penetration. And I think it allowed guys like Clay Thompson and, and others to kind of overplay on Horford and White um, with the um, expectation that help was going to be there on, on drives and, mm. you know, not too worried about a White or Horford drive either. So the, the Celtics, um, the spacing was not good. With Draymond and Jalen Brown, with the spacing not being good, uh, that that could lead to some bad things, which it did. Um, you know, the offense, I, I just felt like all game long was a struggle. Uh, it was a struggle, you know, to get going and, and take advantage of matchups you've had. Um, you know, I, I thought Horford didn't do a great job of reading it when he, he would get a smile on him and, and, and being able to take advantage of it. The bigs were kind of non-existent. Um, Tatum, uh, I thought when he was driving was seeing ghosts a little bit rather than going strong to the hoop or be able to pass it off. I know he shot great from three and it just turnovers, poor shooting and spacing, I thought really hurt these guys. And we can take a look at how well Golden State got going in that third quarter with the offense. I think a lot of that had to do with Four for 17 from the field from the Celtics, allowing Golden State to get out and run. Four or five turnovers. On top of that, which isn't a huge number, but when you shoot four for 17, it's a huge number. And I just thought that the Celtics' ineptitude on offense, more than anything else, got the Golden State to get going on their offense. You know, it just led to a lot of Celtics being out of rot in rotation, you know, not being able to set up in the half-court D and Golden State just to kind of find their rhythm and confidence because of a lot of open looks because of that. Um, and the next thing you know, that game was over. So how the Celtics come out and, and adjust offensively is going to be key. Um, I, I think in on uh, tomorrow night and Wednesday night, you know, how they attack the zone, which I, I think the middle is open against, matchups they can find. Um but they, they just need to be a heck of a lot better. Uh, Golden State's a really good defense. I wouldn't put them in the category of Miami or uh, Milwaukee, but their offense is so much better that if um, you don't you don't have good offensive possessions, they're going to kill you on the other end. So, I, I you know, what adjustments the Celtics make going into this tonight on the offense or tomorrow night on the offense, right. and I really think is, you know, as important as anything. Yeah, I I think that they have to figure out a way to get, you know, the Celtics are always at their best early in games when they get some of the other guys going. You know, Jalen Brown usually gets going early in the first quarter, but also Which smart. He Which he did. Actually. Yeah, but also like smart and Horford, um, Rob, getting them some easy hoops because you're not going to win games with. Yeah, and those six, guys were no-shows. Six combined points from three guys on your team. Yeah. And, Really, the bench was a no-show, too. The entire team was really offensively a no-show outside of Tatum and Brown when it comes to scoring. Um, so Brown was, after the first quarter, he was... Yeah, he, he, 
yeah. couldn't give you anything. Um, I think something that I've noticed on the offensive side is that they are running a lot through Tatum again with the ball in his hands. He was bringing up the ball a lot in that third quarter. Um, I don't know if that is designed because he's going to find guys, uh, but I think there's other ways to get Tatum the ball where he can facilitate and score. Uh, I would like to see them running the offense through Smart and White a little bit more, um, you know, to get them more involved. I saw Smart standing a lot in the corner in game three and not really involved in the game plan at all. And then, you know, they tried to go to Al in that third quarter against smaller matchups, and Al was just, you know, unavailable because he was just making poor decisions and unable to score. But maybe getting Al, you know, in high post-up positions against the smaller guys where he's more comfortable and he can pass over the top and not forcing it to him down low where he seems to be struggling. Um, but they have to figure out a way to get Tatum and Brown the ball I think in off the ball, you know, figuring out running some plays for them, similar to what you see Golden State run for their guys to open them up and give them some room to work. Cause I feel like with Tatum, it's bringing the ball up and then, you know, he, it's almost like he's running the whole possession. I don't think that I saw a lot of that in the third quarter. And it just, I don't think well, that's the I, best I, offense. I think that, and I think when Tatum does get the ball in the high post, your spacing has to be good. Yeah, you know, and I, and I and I think the Celtics too often were just out of sorts of where they were supposed to be, and and you didn't have driving lanes and passing lanes open up that you typically see when Tatum has the ball. I, I think they're gambling on Brown not being able to make that extra pass um, effectively, yeah. and where he's just a shooter, and that's how they're going to play him as a scorer, and thinking if they can take that away, it's really going to limit it. But I. You know, that adjustment with Draymond, I think, got in Brown's head. I think it got, um, you know, allowed those those guys to overhelp, essentially. I, I mean, overplay the shooters a little bit more because they knew they had Draymond's help. And um, they didn't really see Rob Williams as an effective player. So Looney could you, you help a little bit more. And I just I, I thought it really screwed up the Celtic spacing. Um, I'm all for getting Tatum more action, but at the same time, if he's no matter where he's catching it, if he, if you don't give him room to work, he's not going to be effective. I mean, he's just he's not a Curry or Thompson type player where he's just going to catch and fire. That's not his game. The other so thing too, you got to give him room to work. We're two games in. You know, the Celtics have to be more effective at the rim. They have to score more at the rim. You know, a lot of their shots are getting blocked. Uh, they're turning the ball over a lot when they're driving to the basket, and then they're missing easy looks. And there's a lot of that, and it's all of them. And some of it's not going with force, Tatum in game one, fading away a lot when he was going to the hoop. Um, some of it's just missed layups, which we saw a lot of that from Derek White in game three, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. So they're going to start finishing at the rim. Um, I know Looney is affecting a lot of the shots, and spacing has a lot to do with that, so that will help. Uh, but they have to be strong with the ball and they have to finish at the rim, which they're not doing. Um, I think, you know, game game one, they got hot from three and that's, you know, they had a lot of wide open looks and that's why they ended up winning the game. But even in game one, for a good portion of that game, they weren't strong at the hoop when they were going up and they were getting a lot of their shots blocked um, against a team that I, I don't, you know, that that 
Golden State should be a team that you can score inside against with your size. And the other part of it, too, is they're getting beat to a lot of loose balls when Rob's in the game, and they're getting beat to a lot of offensive rebounds when Rob's in the game. And I think early on they have to decide what they're going to do with Rob because if he, you know, that, that third quarter of game two, he just absolutely killed you. Yeah, I, you know, similar to game seven against Miami. If he's not, you know, 75 to 100 percent, I don't I don't think he can play. I don't see what the purpose is of playing him because he, he doesn't offer you much. And then on the other side, when you talk about spacing, they weren't even covering Rob in the third quarter of that game. You know, they were doubling off of Rob and just letting him leaving him wide open, similar to what Milwaukee did against Daniel Tice, which tells you that, you know, they're not scared of his explosiveness because it's not there. He was working off one leg. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot for the Celtics because um, even a one-legged Rob is better than Daniel Tice, and the numbers kind of bear that out. I think you know Rob was like a minus twelve compared to you know what other starters were. Well, you know Tatum was a minus thirty-six. Yeah, I mean he still is a deterrent. I mean when he came out of the game, that's when Golden State's offense got cooking. I mean he's still a deterrent at the rim. Um, and you saw that, well, you know, he had a block late in that third quarter on one leg um, where he kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, he does make Golden State's offense almost one-dimensional, even when he's like that. But you're right, on the other end, he's not been effective and he can't get rebounds. Um, it's really just unfortunate because he, he, when he's healthy, this is a, an entirely different Celtics team than when he's not. And um I don't know what you're going to get from game to game. I mean, we've got a long layoff here between mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Maybe we get closer to game one, which is more than enough. Yeah. You know, it's not 100% Rob, but he was very, very effective in game one. He was very, very good. Um, reminded me a bit of, uh, you know, game three of the Milwaukee series, game three against Miami. I forget which now. Everything's starting to blend together, but he he was really good and really effective. Um as far as I'm not finishing at the rim, you know, I thought Jalen did a good job of it in the first game. I I, I think there's a lot of reasons um, why it didn't – why, you know, I think spacing's part of it. I, I, I don't think Tatum has gone as strong as he's needed to when he's gone to the hoop himself. I also think, um, you know, and the officiating isn't why they lost. But I, I think the officiating in the last game had a huge impact on how they played after the the first quarter. Um, the Celtics were attacking, attacking, attacking early in that game. And because of that, they were getting really good looks. Um, Jalen Brown was completely in rhythm, even with Draymond Green on him. And the next thing you know before the first quarter is even over, your two superstars have two fouls apiece. And Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart. And, and, you know, they clearly allowing physicality, not even physicality. I don't know what you call the bullshit that Draymond was doing. It's not basketball. Yeah. And the commentators and the writers that try to make it out to be a fucking skill is a joke. It's a joke. That is not basketball. And it's it should not be tolerated by the officials. I, I don't know what that is. You know, the grabbing and turning people and run blocking on picks and running through a defensive player um, twice with first Tatum and then just tackling Grant Williams. And what did he end up with? Three fouls for the game. Um, But anyways, I I do feel like, so 
you, you all of a sudden you got two in your Tim and Brown in that second quarter, you become conscientious of picking up your third on a charge. You know, you start looking, you start seeing kind of ghosts there where they're not, even the way you're defending. Uh, it, it affects your aggressiveness and how you play. Um, and it affects your aggressiveness and how you play the rest of the game. You know, and you start, and I think with this young Celtics team in particular, it gets in their head. And that's not something that's going away. We can say it shouldn't, fine, but it's not going away. That now they think they're getting screwed. And when they go into the hoop, it's almost like why am you know, they're thinking they're going to foul before they even are. And, and just like um, believing it's effective even when it might not be. Um, you know, Zach Zabra, I don't believe he's a bias official or anything like that. I don't think he went into the game thinking I'm going to screw the Celtics. He is completely in over his head to be refing in the NBA Finals. He's ineffective as an official. He sees ghosts. He lets players like Draymond Green dictate the game. It's an absolute embarrassment that the NBA has him officiating games. You know, I feel like you could have picked out 10 calls from that game that were clearly questionable at best, if not worse. And I, I, I got to say, thank God it was a close game, not a close game, because he would have affected it one way or the other. There would have been one fan base going nuts because of what he didn't or did call in that fourth quarter. He's like, it's a, it's a joke, an absolute joke that he's roughing these games. And if he's roughing again, it would be game five, six, or seven. I, I just can't even imagine with the stakes that big how he, he's just going to turtle and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I, I, it felt intentional the way they were calling the game. I mean, there was a technical foul called on Jordan Poole and then they reviewed it rescinded. to see if it was a flagrant foul and then they rescinded the technical and the Celtics were in the middle of a fast break after a really great play by Derek White. You know, the, the double technical that they didn't call on Draymond Green was just ridiculous. We're not calling it because it's Draymond Green. And then after the game, Draymond Green's, you know, talking about it. Like, yeah, I know that because of uh, who I am and my personality, I've earned the right to get away with all the things I get away with. So he's saying that out loud at a press conference. Like, are the officiating, like, are the referees hearing that going into game three? Like, Draymond Green's talking at a press conference saying, that we don't call fouls on him, even though he knows it's a foul and he's doing it right in front of us because what, we're scared of him or we've earned, he's earned our respect. Like what the hell is going on here? He put his feet on top of Jalen Brown and tried to pull his shorts down. I, I think there's a, there is a, an intimidation factor, particularly with Zara. I don't know if it's intimidation, what the right word is, but I think he, get caught, he gets caught up in the moment. Yeah, but even on the yeah. broadcast, when they brought the, the ref on, before they was oh, even that was caught. that was amazing, wasn't it? He, he's he was saying I wouldn't call yeah. the technical here because he would throw their player out of the game. And it was like Ask, ask Christoph Persingas about last year when he got thrown out in a playoff game for picking right. up the second for a borderline technical. Ask him what he thinks about that. Yeah. You know? It's it, it's it's just weird that they treat this guy the way they treat him. And I don't get it. I mean he was clearly committing fouls on purpose. I mean, every screen that he set, he was grabbing a guy's arm and pulling him with him right in front of the referee. I, I, I don't know why. He 
I don't know why you get to allowed to play that way. It's dirty. No, no. And the thing, you know, it happened twice in a row where one time, you know, they're on the low post. Tatum's covering green. Green grows right through, calls a foul on Tatum. Very next possession. The same thing happens with a different player, with Grant Williams. And you're not noticing a trend here? Like, like what do you – I, that's what I mean. The moment was just too big for him, Zabra. I, I, and he's been bad. The Celtics have had him four or five times. I think the last time in Miami it was either game of five or game four, and, and it was just neither team had any idea what was going to be a foul or what was not. Um, I remember there was consecutive possession. Oh, it's game, it's game six, I think, where Tatum gets called for the offensive foul, and then the next time down. Uh, PJ Tucker gets hit on the top of the head. Um, it was it was in the garden, and no fouls called at all. It, it's been this this guy. He doesn't call what he sees. He calls anticipations. I feel like, and you yeah. saw that on the Jalen Brown uh, paid in breakaway. I don't want to spend too much time on the officiating. I've already spent too much. But it's I, it's an embarrassment, an absolute embarrassment that this guy gets assigned games this big yeah. because there's a track record that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the officiating impacted the game, but the Celtics are down by two points going into the third quarter. Oh, I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it was the officiating. So, uh, no, I'm just transitioning. That's not why I'm saying it. Yeah. I'm just transitioning back to. Um, I just think he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm just transitioning back to being strong with the ball because I think they, at one point they had 16 turnovers. I don't know what the hell they ended up with, but, it was too many. And a lot of those turnovers were by your best two players, Brown and Tatum. No, actually. Um, Brown's turnovers were low. It, Brown had a lot of misses. A lot of the turnovers were white and smart. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with, again, I think, just being strong with the ball. You know, and, and matching a team's physicality with your own physicality on offense. And sometimes it's just kicking it to the post and slowing it down which I think you could do with Tatum a little bit more in this series. You know, Tatum's got matchups a lot, especially during game one, where he'd end up on Jordan Poole or Steph Curry. You saw it in game two as well, and they weren't resulting in anything at the basket. And I just think, you know, I just think that him as a superstar, he's going to start punishing these matchups in this series and putting a little bit more on himself to do that. I'm glad he hit his threes in game two, but I don't think I, I, I don't think it was an effective performance by him. I don't think we've no, seen a full, it was a very good game by him. Yeah, I don't think we've seen a full performance by him in the series. He moved the ball well in game one, but clearly he wasn't helping the team with scoring, going four for 17. And I don't know how many of those points were even, you know, going to the hoop. He's not getting to the free throw line. Um I think, you know, the team needs him to start eating up those matchups a little bit more and maybe being a little bit more selfish in those matchups and going to the basket. And going to the basket strong, not fading away, going strong to the hoop. Um, one thing that got That'll lost, slow down the game, too. One thing that got lost at the end of the third quarter because Green, Green Bay, Golden State got extraordinarily hot and the game just got away. Um, there was two or three possessions in a row where they got Tatum uh, on a mismatch 
against either Poole or Curry on the high post. And he just basically bulldozed, went downhill. And either I think he went to the line twice during that span, and he missed a free throw on yes. both trips. Yeah. But it was encouraging to see. And what reason why they were able to take advantage of it, the spacing was pretty good. So, you know, the help's late. Hayden's a big guy. He gets right to the line. There's, there's two areas, I think, and I know I emphasized this already, that they need to figure out and uh, correct. One is your spacing on offense needs to get a lot better. The second is um, in the half court, these teams have been about even. Golden State's just killing them in transition right now, and you're not getting that many transition opportunities. And wow. that, again, has a lot to do with, you know, a ton of long misses, you know, your four for 17s in your turnovers. And then Golden State is, um, during those crucial moments, to get an offensive rebounds. So when they're missing, you're not having the ability to get out and run. Um, those, you need to do a better job on the defensive glass to create more transition opportunities for yourself. And you certainly need better offensive sets yes. to kill that for uh, Golden State. So yes, to all those that. are the two things I'm looking for, spacing and transition on both ends. Yeah, I'm looking for them to cover uh, cover the pick and roll better. Uh, I thought they got killed by the pick and roll and the pick and pop. Um, and I think, I don't know what the solution is, but Curry's not just killing them, you know, scoring-wise, because he only shot like 9 for 21 or 9 for 23 or something. Um, but his ability to make the right pass, they, the Celtics are getting killed inside on layups because of their inability to keep Steph Curry from driving to the basket um, and finding guys, whether it's on the assist or the, or the first pass that leads to the assist. You know, in game one, they weren't hedging at him in the first quarter, allowing him to hit all those threes. Um, I feel like in game two, he was, he was really getting whatever he wanted. And I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if he stopped switching off Curry and he just put smart on him no longer no, alive. I, I, I don't know if it's Emake and playing to the refs about the Celtics being held on the moving picks because I think that has a lot to do with well, it. The screens he got open on were not really screens. Yeah. I, I, I feel like they did a reasonable job on him all series except for quarter one of game one and quarter three of game two. And I think quarter one was – I. They they, just they have to stay connected to their guys, though, because what's happening in quarter one and two of game three, he would he would drive off that pick and roll. And, you know, you didn't know if he's going to go for his floater that he goes for or what he was going to do. And at, the whole defense is reacting to him. And you're 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 disconnecting from Looney, you're disconnecting from Wiggins and they were getting easy hoops. It's the run in the second quarter. So Golden State went on an 8-0 run, and the Celtics went on, I think, a 10-0 run to get back in the game. Uh, That 8-0 run was Curry just making play after play, and the Celtics overreacting. I'm not sure. I'm not not sure what the solution is. I just feel like they have to figure out a way to get the ball out of his hand quicker. I think he's having too much time to make decisions. He's a great player. He's going to make plays. I, I wouldn't change too much in the half court. I really wouldn't. Um, I I think their issue is when you, you let these guys get moving off a mess 
and you, and you have problems. He's going to make some plays off the half court. You have to overplay him for three. So he's going to get downhill sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think you, you're going to have to live with some of that. I, I, I But I I think on the whole, def, they, they've done a good job when they're able to get it. And, and that, look, after I thought in the fourth quarter of game one, he was exhausted because of that. The Celtics got down on the transition opportunities, and I thought they wore him down. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, they just kept on hounding him with big physical bodies. But the other thing in game one, I think they went to the small lineup sooner than they did in game two. They're still this, big and physical, though, even the small lineup for the Celtics. But I, but I think the small lineup is a better lineup in the series. I think having White and Smart on the floor yeah, together. I yeah. I think either, Wiggins is causing Williams some problems. That, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so, too. Um but again, you know, it's weird if you look at game two numbers, it doesn't really bear that out. You know, in fact, no. the starters got off to a great start. They did. Yeah, they got off to a great start. They're up 16-11, right, I think? No, they, they, it was even better than that. Uh, yeah, they, there was a 13-5, and they, they, were, they were, had to stretch to about 10. Um, or this thing looked like it was going to be a – the Celtics were going to run away with this in the first quarter, and then the refs really got involved. All right. Well, game three tomorrow night. Um, oh, by the way, did you hear Max, his interview with Gary Payton after the game? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's right. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. I just – I don't know what he's doing out there. And, like, how can – I don't know how they let him get away with it. I really don't. Like, that one – I guarantee you something. We're not going to see it in game three. I don't think so. We're not going to see it. I think he's going to get a real tight whistle. So he's going to get thrown out. I I think he he was he gets thrown out of a game every NBA Finals. Yeah, he got thrown out of a game last series, and I think he went into that game too thinking they're either going to let me do this or I'm going to get tossed. Yeah, but I think I expect this from Draymond Green. I have a feeling he's going to have a really good game in game three, and it's going to be without the bullshit. Um, I think he's just going to play straight-up physical defense, and the Celtics is going to have to See, I, I, I just I, I think the whistle is going to be so tight on him because of what he said and what Steve Javi said on TV, that even straight-up physical defense is going to have him. two or three fouls early. Look, so, this is so stupid because then the refs, the refs are becoming way too I, – I don't want that. Just call the game like you called him in game one. And if he starts doing stupid shit, call him out for it. It's that simple. Ref the game like you refed it in game one the entire series. It's all you have to do. It's all you have to do. That's it. And if Draymond's going to run people over, then call him for the foul. It's not that hard. <laughs> no, the stuff he does is it was yeah. obvious. Yeah, just just call it. Yeah. You know, and if he throws a tantrum, let him throw a tantrum. Like <laughs> He followed him. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. neutral observer watching that, they they had to be like pulling the hair out of their head. Yeah, but the thing is, all those years I watched the Warriors play, you know, outside of that series where it's kicking Stephen Adams in the nuts, <laughs> like, I never remembered sitting there thinking like, wow, this guy Draymond Green's a piece of shit. Like, he was loud and barked a lot, but I always thought like, Oh, that's a really good player. That's yeah, like, he always had a game like this, but he usually got thrown out. Oh, well, then there you go. Yep. Yeah. All right, Mike. 
Go Celtics.